How are we doing, folks? Welcome back to Washington Football Crunch. It is August 13th, and this week we got 15, five from each of us, hot takes coming at you. We got, well, at least for me, we got some mild takes leading up to some scolding hot takes. And this is a, a, another reoccurring episode like last week. So if, if you've been with us for a full year, first of all, thank you for, for being a listener for a full year. And we're back for some more hot takes. Guys, how are we feeling about our hot takes this year? Uh, I have a love-hate relationship towards hot takes because <laughs> any clown can say something outlandish and call it a hot take. But that doesn't make it interesting or insightful or beneficial to anyone. Yeah. 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 So, uh, like, just for example, I mean, if we were to say, I mean, if Luke, if you wanted to say Jake Hanna is going to be a starting quarterback, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, anyone can say that. So we're going to make sure to add a yeah. lot of in-depth analysis to our takes, try and make you think about it a little bit differently, and hopefully get you on board with our predictions and viewpoints. Yeah, as as we Absolutely. always do. Luke, um, I know that, you'll come well-measured I would like to takes. clarify that the winner of the quarterback competition will not be one of my hot takes. I think I, I think that's good. I think because uh, last one year, of mine will be <laughs> last year. That was certainly one of my takes. And, and well, I speaking of last year's hot takes, I feel like it would only be right if we go back and revisit some of those hot takes before we get started here. So, I'd rather and, not. <laughs> and, and okay, but now now to be fair, I will I will start out by saying we got about five of the fifteen hot takes right, and not to toot my own horn, I had three of them. <laughs> well, I had at least two, so that means Luke didn't have any. Luke might have gone zero for last last year, <laughs> that sucks. but that's that's okay because Luke, you brought intelligent points with your takes, and for what you knew at the time. Those were your takes, and I think they also being, were probably pretty hot takes. If I they were correctly. hot, they were most definitely hot. Um, but I, I mean, like let's let's go through some of them. You know, Luke, you started off with a with definitely a scolding hot take that Jake Browning would run a five to one TD to touch <laughs> or touchdown to interception ratio, which fell flat on its face from sixteen to ten. So. That one was a little off. Less than two. Your second one, <laughs> Justice Warren will start over half the games. I, I don't believe that happened. He didn't start once. He didn't start once. Now he's in Cheney. <laughs> the second one was a little bit arbitrary, um, but I, and I will allow you, if you believe you got this one right, then then we will give this one to you. I think we should Brand, have done it. Brandon McKinney will be the special teams freak like Ezekiel Turner was. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> okay. So, I mean, he was good. But he was not, this, he was not an Ezekiel like, Turner You don't talk about freak. it. Okay, and then Benning Potoa'e will have 10 sacks. He no. had six and a half. And then the one that I thought was actually going to be a surefire, Aaron Fuller being a first-team All-Pac-12, you also got wrong. Yeah. He was, he was, he was second number one receiver. He was looking good. Yeah, Ooh. you know, and he kind of yeah, got bamboozled out of that one. Um, but he was not first <laughs> nor second team. Micah, you did it a little bit better. Four A, the four your first one was four A title will not come from the west side. Although geographically Union is located I, on the I west am side, I was positive. I emphasize that that yeah, includes no, and I, I totally, I totally agree. And I think I'm pretty sure I've been on the record saying that the west side ends at Tacoma. Olympia, like if you're yeah. if yeah. Oh, oh you go Olympia, I, I mean maybe perhaps. Well, I guess there's nothing after Olympia for like, I mean Centralia, yeah, but yeah, yeah I guess because I mean. Puyallup is like close to Olympia, right? Isn't so. Puyallup south of Tacoma, but north? Yeah, I think of, it's like east of Tacoma. 
Is it? Similar to South. Okay. Well, regardless, I think probably South of Olympia is probably a better accurate representation of West Side. So we give you that one. It's East, you're right. Uh, It's Southeast, yeah. Yeah, okay. Your next one was Eastern will beat Central Washington by 40, 40 points. And you were right with that one. They and, won. And by believe it or not, that was actually a hot take at the time because people were uh, after Central's like playoff run last year or the year before. Yeah, there's, I, I, including me. I thought that Central Washington would keep it to like would keep it less than forty, but that Maybe did not won, happen. Yeah, fifty-eight thirteen or something like that. So uh, fifty-eight. That's exactly right. Yeah. And then the next one would be uh, was Max Borgie will be the feature running back by week five, and that was wrong. But you know what? Um, but I it was a, it. I, yeah, no, I think that's I, a, I believe in Borgie. That's a hot take that I, you know, even though you got wrong, I think there's no shame in standing by that take. Um, the next one, I I feel like is something to feel a little ashamed of. Um, but that could be to my own uh, personal biases. No, go, go ahead. <laughs> that Eastern would upset WSU, and you also doubled down by saying WSU would start out. Two and, two and four, four right, yeah. through week six. Yeah. Which well, was not even close. I don't even think that was a hot um, take at the time. A lot of media members were saying that. That's true. That's true. That was kind of in line with uh, the media. And then your final take, which was incredibly arbitrary. And looking back on it, we probably shouldn't have allowed this to be a take because of how oh, arbitrary it was. And not nothing to nothing bad about your take that this that in twenty eighteen Central Washington will begin to make the bid to be a Big Sky contender. Well, so in that, fairness, that, they did open a new stadium, which is they a did. big <laughs> But that was step. a part of your argument that with the new stadium and with the performance of Central Washington, it will be their first step Yikes. to being Big Sky contender. Well, they, they didn't get the performance part down, but they definitely yeah. opened a new stadium. <laughs> so we got about 5 of 15. But in, my, in our defense, I, I, I mean 33%. That's not a great number in terms of predictions, but in the hot takes business, if you're accurately predicting over 50% of your hot Which takes... Which we will this year between our game predictions well, and I don't, these, these takes. I, right? I don't know. I think if you're accurately predicting over 50% of your hot takes, that means you either got incredibly lucky or your takes aren't hot, you well, know? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe... Yeah, we were just to come out here and say Ethan's going to be a starting quarterback week one, then like that that's, would, that's that would count hot... as a as a win, but it wouldn't yeah, mean but anything. Like I, I just, said, that's just not a hot take. It goes back to my theory that it's that wouldn't be insightful or beneficial to anyone. Like, it's not... It's So, yeah, yeah. We're, we're definitely going to be a little more in-depth with our takes. What we have here are legitimate hot takes, um, insightful stuff about our respective beats, and... You know, I'm excited to see what happens here because, you know, like Luke said, we got no quarterback uh, battle takes. We just got five takes from our, again, like I said, our respective beats, and they're going to be sizzling. So what do we say, guys? Do we get started here? Yeah, I think we should uh, hear what Luke has to say first. <laughs> Luke, we're going with Luke. So yeah, as the, uh, the, the only, only guy who got all of his takes wrong last year, he will start us off. You know, I purposefully took last so I could go first this year. <laughs> you know? um, uh, yeah, I mean, I was debating kind of what should be my fifth most mild take. Do you mind if I mention an honorable mention one? Just because I oh, think please. it's an go interesting it. take, yes. but I yeah. uh, don't want to count it as one of them. Please do. Um, this take is that um, the Huskies will average more than 70 plays run per game on offense for the first time in the Peterson era. Mm. Uh, context, mm. uh, why? So he, here's why. There are a couple reasons. First, uh, Coach Peterson has 
it, it feels like, at least to me, from my interpretation, hinted at the fact that they want to uh, take a few more shots, maybe just kind of give the offense a few more chances to make things happen, if that makes sense. So would that, that decrease the plays because they're not running the ball for like 40 yards instead of just trying to huck it downfield for a 40 yard no, completion? No, I, I no, because I mean, if they're throwing the ball more, like I, I would say that drives the average are time run off the clock yeah. or, 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 or oh. yeah. And I'm just drives are so, going by quicker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think like it, I think they'll throw it more, uh, like having lost miles Gaskin, Jacob Eason looking like he's going to come in and have a bunch of weapons at his disposal. Um, I would just say that the average time taken off of the game clock per pass play versus per run play. That's right. That makes sense. Obviously, more, more clock if you run it, more clocks downs. is chewed. Um, and then additionally, like the Huskies said that they would play the hot hand at running back, uh, but Miles Gaskin was always the hot hand, right? So it, like, if you have Miles on a drive where he's gashing people for seven, eight yards uh, like routinely, obviously you'd want to get on the ball and potentially like put some pressure on the defense. But at the same time, if you're going to run the ball with miles 25 times a game, like you're going to give him as much of a break between carries as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I, right. I, I don't think that now. they have to worry about that as much. So th- there's my explanation. So for that. Well, how many plays per game were they running uh, prior to the season? Usually around 68 as I think I remember okay. if I remember doing the math like that's the average so that's it's not a ton more yeah. but two and a half three more a game but Luke an average over sure, the yeah. season an average over the season that's yeah. that's a considerable amount yeah if you uh-huh. play 13 games game. that's yeah. 40 plays if it's yeah. three um, yeah and that's more fun because if you're thinking about stats more plays equals more stats <laughs> but that's is that the honorable mention take that is the honorable mention take. I, see, I think that would have been a great initial take, but I'm interested. Okay, to hear maybe now maybe what, it should be. Then maybe this <laughs> one's the honorable mention. I guess they're interchangeable. <laughs> no, you got You got to decide now if you want that to be. I think this one's is honorable this gonna go mention. Is going to go in the record book? Oh yeah, that's the honorable mention one. That's yeah. the honorable mention. Okay, then yeah. what's? The, My, so then this this upcoming take yes. is, is your first. Okay. My first take is that uh, first take. First take. <laughs> yeah. Starring, shout out. Starring, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, take number one is that. Um, the Husky defense will have 20 players register a start this year. Mm. Okay. What position group? Not the secondary. No, right? no, so, of, well, here's what's going to happen. Out of right? the entire defense. But right. so you're taking, right numbers. now you got five guys. Like Let's say in the like in Husky's base package, they'll be starting five guys in the secondary, right? Like, mm-hmm. base, like Nichols, essentially, their mm-hmm. base, right? The, whether it's USC or Washington State, I feel like one of those games they might come out in the dime. Yeah. You know? That could happen. There's a sixth DB, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, right now, it's looking like Cameron Williams and Miles Bryant running as the safeties. I think Brandon McKinney might throw his name in that hat still, maybe earn a start here or there. There's another, right? That's seven in the defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. With the, the sixth, I would assume they would uh, put Dom Hampton outside and then move Kyler into, like, whatever, I guess the dime pet, like corner then. Yeah. Um, Linebackers, right? You've got four. Ariel Nagata is not among those four, at least in the projected depth chart the Dogman released. I think that he will eventually get a start here or there. Again, that could be a situation where against a team who airs it out a little more. Uh, he's versatile in the sense that he was actually used in kind of pass coverage situations a lot last year, but also as a pass rusher. Uh, so could be versatile in that sense. Uh, you have Kyler Manu. Uh, as one of the projected inside linebackers. 
I wouldn't be surprised if either MJ Tafisi or Jackson Sermon uh, kind of came in and challenged for that role. So if both of those guys end up logging one, <laughs> that's 14 between just the secondary and the linebackers so far, right? Defensive line, Benning Putoyi will probably get one. Uh, I mean, not probably. He will be a regular starter, right? Levi owns Rike. Uh, Josiah Bronson, senior, just got put on scholarship, is a name to look out for. Tuli Latuli, Nasanoa, Sam Taimani. Those are all guys I think could be rotating in as kind of potential first team options, I guess. So that's 19. Right, so all you need is just one more guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and well, trust me, injuries are going to happen, man. Yeah, exactly. injury. You you got to account for injuries and just like the unexpected depth that UW inevitably has. Like exactly, there's a lot of guys who were probably not even mentioned from you right there that will be contributors step oh, up for throughout sure. the year and yeah. could end could find themselves starting one week. I think that's a that's a solid take, a, a solid you know mild take to to start things off yeah it's something you don't think about you know you don't think about like yeah. uh, oh there's 11 starters and that's that, that and then they start every single yeah. game uh all right so uh should i go next and with Mike, my, I, uh, I believe i yes. believe you are you are next here now w- was this going to be a high school central washington or eastern take oh we'll get into it we'll, we'll get into it okay it. So, all right so this take all three it, it actually <laughs> makes me uh very angry because i don't know how Ooh. i didn't think about this uh earlier on and that is Eastern Washington is going to be a running back by committee this year. Unlike last year when McPherson was the bell cow, Antoine Custer will not receive the Sam McPherson treatment. And that pisses me off because I picked Antoine Custer first overall in our fantasy draft hmm. with that thinking. Uh, you know, you look at Eastern's uh, track record. I mean, McPherson totaled 200-plus carries last season, largely out of necessity. I mean, uh, Antoine Custer was hurt basically all season long with an undisclosed injury. Uh, the other backups, guys like Dennis Merritt to Mark Pierce, they were largely unproven. And McPherson was doing well enough that they had to keep him going. They had to keep feeding him because there was just nothing behind him that was that was going to guarantee production. And Eastern, since 2011, has actually only produced 1,000-yard runner out of Sam McPherson. This is something that they are not comfortable with. Now, you combine that with their new offensive coordinator that they brought in from Central Washington, who, as we know always runs a heavy committee. We're talking three running backs all the time. Ian Shoemaker, the new offensive coordinator at Eastern Washington, came over from Central. And during his six years at Central, he was adamant that they were going to run three running backs every single year. I mean, you look at this past season, Michael Roots and Cedric Cooper and Christian Cummings, they they were pretty much, I would say about 40, 40, 20. You know, they, they, it, was, it was very much a committee. So that philosophy is not going to magically change now that he's at Eastern. And it's not like Eastern was crazy about bell cows to begin with. So I would expect Antoine Custer, Dennis Merritt, Tamaric Pierce, and also uh, Micah Smith, who was uh, Dylan Morris's battery mate, you know, backfield running back, mm-hmm. uh, Graham Kapowson, to share the workload. And it's not going to be 25-25-25 across the board. But I'd peg Custer to get at most 60% of the carries this year. So the take, So your take is that he Eastern will be, will be a committee. 60%. The take is Eastern well, will be a committee. That's too empirical. That's not empirical <laughs> enough. You need you need a number to e- yeah. gauge if it's Custer right or will wrong. not get more than 60% of the touches. Will not get 60% receiving of the rece- receptions uh carries all the whole any any way that the running back uh can have production. Uh okay. Custer will count for 60% of that. Well, I will okay. I mean, that's a fair take. I would say that 
in terms of how hot it is, I would say that's definitely the mildest take we'll probably have. Hey, well, the thing is that you because would think argument- that Custer would just be the Sam McPherson of this season. Like that's people, what a lot of people are assuming. They don't really yeah. know who Dennis Merritt is, even though he can be a guy that breaks out this year. They just assume that. I mean, McPherson had over fifteen hundred yards last year. He was the heart and soul of that offense. Yeah. That if, if they go away from that model, that is a dramatic shift. I think that's mm-hmm. uh, that's what makes it a yeah, hot a take. Hot take. It, they're changing the whole offense basically from just running it through one guy. See, okay. Equally important to the take is the explanation of the take. Yes, the explanation of the take. Because I was going to say, the the take that they will be a true committee is a hot take. However, with that in mind, then saying that Custer will take less than 60% of the touches, as counting that as a hot take, I wouldn't say that's as hot because the, the prediction that it will be a committee, of course, in a committee, that would be wild to take more than 60% of the touches. Yeah, it wouldn't be a committee then. <laughs> it wouldn't be a committee, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean... It's an arbitrary number. <laughs> okay, but I and to be fair, I, I asked for something empirical. You gave me something empirical. 60% of... Less than 60% of the load for Antoine Custer Jr. There it is. 62, don't shoot me, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's going <laughs> to right. be a lot, of, a lot more running backs this year. Now, I think my take is probably a little more on par with Luke, um, but a little more reverse sense. So, Ooh. but I'll I'll just I'll just see how you guys feel about this. So, number one, the WSU quarterbacks will throw thirty-eight touchdowns this year. I, I like. The, does that like does that number? does that say does that how hot do Wait, you feel can that? You, is? Can you repeat that one more time? The, and yes, listen to the wording closely. The WSU mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Will throw thirty-eight touchdowns. So now this you year. have to tell us: Is somebody going to get hurt? Is somebody going to suck? Like what, the what's the context of the quarterbacks? Yeah, yes. yeah. The we, key we word you. here <laughs> is the WSU quarterbacks. Well, what I'm saying here is: A, this is kind of this will tie together once we get through my takes, and B, I'm not predicting that which quarterback will win the job. I'm saying whoever does, and if there is any changeup. They will all get to 38, quarter, 38 touchdowns. And the reason I have that as kind of a, a lukewarm, mild take is that go look at, you know, go look at the numbers, numbers. and yeah. how. And I feel like this is kind of proof that the, the WCU, and, and to maybe to say plug and play is, is kind of an, underst- an understatement a little bit. It's yeah. kind of downplaying so, yeah. the difficulty of, of, of quarterbacking Mike Leach's offense. But Gardner Minshew stepped in last year and threw 38 touchdowns. Now, is it, f- ac- is it fair to say that the next quarterback that steps in will have the season that Gardner Minshew had? No, not necessarily. That would be a pretty hot take to say the next quarterback will come in By and himself. do what, yeah, he, what Gardner Minshew did last year. some seven TD performances. <laughs> and in 2017, Luke Falk, in his best year as a Cougar, threw 38 touchdowns. So I'm I'm looking right now. He also threw 38 in 2016 or 2015. 2015. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say 2016. I think he, he it was he was in the 30s though. It was in the 30s. Yeah, he had 30 that year. And uh, yeah, he had no. He had 38 in 2016 as well. Holy cow! Oh wow! No way! No 20, 2017. He had 30. 2016. I think the quarterbacks had 38. No, see, no. In 2016, I'm looking at Sports Reference right now. Mm-hmm. He uh, had Luke had thirty eight. The next year, Luke had thirty, and Tyler Holinsky had seven. 
Oh, yeah. So this is, I mean, this is proving my point even more, even though I got the numbers wrong. That <laughs> yeah. But 38 isn't the magic number is the magic number right here. You think and I expect that. Wow. But like, even, even if you say, even if you look at that and say, okay, well, that's the average for like the past four years. That's not a hot take because that's average. It's a hot take because I'm saying the trend will continue. You get, you understand what I'm saying here? Yes. That like, well, you're yes. saying more than 38, which I mean. It, no, I'm saying like, they will throw 38, 38 on, the on the dot. On the dot. 38. Dot. You're really setting dot. yourself up for failure here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, there's, I am. And I'm saying it will be under. 38. That's why it's a hot take because it's not 38 plus. It's not anywhere. It's 38. And, and I mean, if that happened again, I think that would be pretty remarkable. If it were. Even, you know, if it was just Gage Gubrud, if it was just Anthony Gordon, if it was Trey Tinsley, but, and, and I mean, conversely, it would be even, I would say, reckon scorching if, you know, you know, say Gage Gubrud got, you know, 30 and then either one of the other two's got, you know, six or seven or eight. But there, that's what my first hot take is. So, Luke, I suppose we go back to you now for your second hot take. Yeah, so my second hot take is also defense-related. It will end my defensive hot takes also, <laughs> second and final. <laughs> this one uh, it is interesting. I don't have an exact number, so I'm setting myself up, I think, for a little. I think it's easier for this one to succeed. Um, and you may or may not think it's that hot. I can explain why I think it's hot. This is that Cameron Williams will be second on the team in tackles for the Huskies. That is pretty damn hot, dude. Like, that's asking a lot. (laughs) Well, you know, I would say if there's someone in the secondary who's going to have a lot of tackles, it's going to be a safety. Yeah. So you're there on that. And Cam Williams. It was uh, between him and Miles Bryant. Um, Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, I, I haven't been able to watch any fall practices. It sounds like Miles is kind of patrolling center field. Uh, Cameron Williams, from just reports that I've heard, is kind of the the guy who just always seems to be around the football, like that kind of football cliche mm-hmm. applies to him. Um, and then with the same idea that Brandon Wellington will lead the team in tackles, if oh, the wow. next would likely be an inside linebacker also, but if I'm predicting in line Rotation with my 20 uh, different starters, on the defense, uh, and that part of that has to do with Kyler maybe splitting some time with MJ Defisi or Jackson Sermon. I think the fact that Cameron Williams will start however many games the Huskies play puts him in position to be second on the team in tackles. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. yeah. No, so I that, think I think that's good. I think it's important to note that the take is that Cam Williams will be second. And if there's any confusion that Brandon Wellington was going to be lead the team in tackles, that's not the take. It's Cam Williams. No, it's will be not second. Yes. That's the take. That is the take. Okay. I like that. I think that is that's Though a if good Cam s- Williams ends up leading the team in tackles in some ungodly way. Unbelievably <laughs> unforeseen, I think that that should still count. That might be a concern. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it wouldn't count. But okay. that would be I would be unbelievable <laughs> and that would be a take that like even if you got it wrong, it's like, "All right, I feel I'll, I'll stand that. by that take, you know? Yeah. Like that's not a that's not a take that you'd feel ashamed about per se." Definitely. All right, Micah, we're going to your second take. So with all the heated quarterback talks happening at the UW and WSU, Central Washington University is also having their own little quarterback competition between Christian Moore, also known as Ben Roethlisberger. I don't like Ty where John, take is going, to be honest Lizzie with you. Tani, <laughs> also known as Marcus Mariota, and Washington's all-time leading passer, 
two-time state champ, Cannon Racanelli. So it's a very charismatic cast of quarterbacks uh, battling it out for the job. But unlike the UW and WSU competitions, which I wholeheartedly believe are real competitions, there is not a shot in hell that Christian Moore isn't the first guy on the field come week one when Central plays uh, Idaho. And I was confident in this uh, when Ian Shoemaker was the head coach. I'm actually even more confident now that Chris Fisk is the head coach because Chris Fisk was the offensive coordinator last year, and he recruited Christian Moore, and he played uh, Moore as Raleigh Hennessy's primary backup last year. And every time I asked Coach Fisk about Christian Moore, he loves, loves this guy. Yeah, as we a, do too. Here's a little uh, bonus prediction for you guys. And I, what I, basically what I'm saying is that when Central starts out week one, Christian Moore is going to be the starting quarterback. Now, I want to give you guys a, a bonus prediction that, and it's, it's, it's not my third take. It's just that I, I think that yeah. Moore is going to start, but Central plays Idaho and then Ferris State in the first two weeks, and they are going to be some lopsided affairs not in Central's favor. I think that Moore will get benched, and Tyjon Mizutani will come in, but he will also struggle, and by week three, Moore will be his regular quarterback. Okay. I, t- I, I take grievance with this uh, with this take a little bit here. First of all, because <laughs> Christian Moore is our guy. Obviously, there's no as yes. undeniable. I never said he was my guy. I said, I said he's. He, I know, and I, I I'm not putting words in your mouth, but he is my my guy and Luke's guy, and that has been well documented. Yes. My grievance here is a that you essentially was. chose the front runner to be the starter as your hot take. He's not the front runner. Who is the front runner? He, uh, there are there is none. It's unlike WSU and UW, where you could argue that Eason and Guru. This there's really no uh, front runner. Oh, here. okay. Because like I said, like Tyjon Muzutani and Cannon Racknell were true freshmen last year. I mean, they couldn't play anything they wanted to. So that, I mean, obviously, yeah, well, Christian Moore would be the guy to come in behind Riley Hennessy. But uh, like, there's there's nothing being leaked to the media to suggest that Christian Moore would be the front runner. Based on my experiences with this team, whether it's talking to the offensive coordinator, whether it's uh, seeing them in person, my opinion is that Christian Moore is the bona fide starter. And this whole charade that they're putting on, like I don't think Chris Peterson is putting on an act. I really do think that he's hosting a legit quarterback competition. I don't believe for a second that Christian Moore is not going to be the first guy out there on the field come week one. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I I mean, I'd say that's that just breaches the lukewarm. I um, dare anybody else in the media to declare something like that um, with, based on what they're being told right now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've I mean it's, not gonna be, it's not going to be one of my takes, but I would wholeheartedly agree and, and go on the record saying that Christian Moore will be that starter. And I know nothing about Central Washington football. But, um, <laughs> yeah, because I tell you about it. That's true. That's true. That's true. This is true. This is true. This is true. Um, okay. All right. I think that's... Uh, that's fair to enter yeah, and the how realm about of getting hot. benched, okay? <laughs> yeah, but I would say you have to I would say to to make this a truly hot take, you'd have to you you know, you added I that threw in bonus. That yeah. You threw in the bonus, but you're not necessarily attaching yourself to the take. I, you're just kind of throwing <laughs> it out as like, oh, this you know, this might happen. If you really wanted a hot take, you would just combine that together. Okay, yeah, and, combine it. Make it okay. make it official. He's okay. Gonna get, he's gonna start week one. He's gonna get benched. He will get benched. Muzutani and then is gonna come in. Take his starting Muzutani job. is gonna struggle as well. And then more. Are you going on the record three, that it will forward. be it will be Muzutani who's who will yes. take his job? Okay. Racanelli. Yes. Okay. So there we go. Now now we got ourselves a hot take. All right. You had to get pressured into it. 
I like it. I like oh, it. Yeah, right. Okay, so now we're on to my second hot take. And um, if there was an opportunity for Micah to give me grief for a take not being hot enough, I would say it's this one, but I feel like I have a pretty solid argument for why it is. But with that being said, let's just get into it. Max Borgie will lead the Cougars in receptions in 2019. Ooh. Do you feel, Micah, do you feel that, that is, that's hot, not hot? No, not really. <laughs> no, yeah, not really. Last year. Because James Williams led the yeah, Cougars in receptions by an overwhelming margin. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's like Borgie has even less competition. And then he Williams did the year before did. as well, right? James Williams? Uh, It was close. He had I don't like believe... 70 in 2017. He had, get, let me a second, I have the numbers right here. Yeah, it, but he only led it by one. He oh. led it by one. It isn't WSU's number one receiver, Tay Martin, from last year getting benched right now. I mean, there's, there's nobody that's like separating themselves. But that's because usual. they have, usual. They ha- and here's yeah. why I believe this is a hot take. They have so much talent at receivers, at the receiver position. Listen, there is going to be a concerted effort to get these guys the balls and let them Get them, get these guys the ball, and let them create plays. Not saying that they're not going to try and get the ball to Max Borgie. Obviously, I believe that he will lead the team in receptions. But what I'm saying is, it's different because James Williams was the clear-cut playmaker of last uh, of last two seasons. Like when you get that guy the ball, or I, I mean, not when you get that guy the ball, he's the guy you want to have the ball out of any guy on that team. And I don't think that's the case here with Borgie. However good of a playmaker he might be, I feel like, you know, a ball in Tay Martin's hands, a ball in Calvin Jackson Jr. hands is is where you want it primarily. Um, but with that being said, and with kind of the uncertainty behind Max Borgie, mm-hmm. I feel like he will be the guy who leads in receptions. But and maybe if I add a bonus that I don't really feel concerned about, you know, attaching myself to, I don't think it's going to be by an overwhelming number like James Williams had last year. I think it's going to be close, but that he does come out on top. Yeah, that's a good good prediction. Good take. Good, good take. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like it. Hot enough. Hot enough. I I think so. Yeah. Let's okay. Do it. Okay. Because that so implies Borgie's going to be freaking phenomenal. So that that does imply Borgie will be phenomenal. Um, you know, I noticed we didn't mention this when we started, but I, I'm just one of my takes last year was about James Williams and that it would be he would collect uh, 100, uh, 1,250 all purpose yards. Do you want to know how close I was to getting that right? <laughs> how close? 77 yards. No I was 77 yeah. yards no away from way. getting that one right. And I, I was going to bring that up at the beginning of the show, but I completely forgot. And I just feel like now is the only time that I could let that be known. But uh, yeah, that's just a, a little side note. Luke, we are back to you for your third hot take. Sweet. All right, now we're heading into the offense here. Uh, And this one, I think, is the take is hot because it will be hard to achieve, but it will, like, the the nature of the take will underwhelm Husky fans, but I'm fine with it. (laughs) Um, The Huskies will employ... So here's what it is. It's going to not sound that hot, but then I'm going to make it hot, okay? Okay. Uh, so the Huskies are going to employ a three-headed monster running back attack, uh, which doesn't sound that hot, right? Okay, sure, they're going to have mm-hmm. a running back by committee. All three of them will get 100 touches. Ooh. Yes. Okay, that, no, that is, that is a hot take. That is, didn't that get is a hot last take. Year. What was that? Because Ock- didn't get yeah, 100 carries get 100. last Touches, touches, touches. Touches. Okay. That, which, by the way, doesn't mean much they because they don't pass the running backs. Because they don't pass, yeah. No. No, they don't. 
uh, I mean, but what, but did even did Ahmed Ahmed cracked a hundred, including receptions, and just probably just barely. 125 125 okay. he actually so did have he did have 104 carries oh okay oh, okay. Um, okay so yeah so it's but it, so if you take miles and savan they had 405 carries between the two of them right yeah and then if you take sean and kamari on top of that then you add an additional 101 Right, so you have five hundred six yeah. carries between those four guys. And you, you're, you mean touches, right? You touches. said miles I mean and touches. Yeah, touches. That's like that's a lot of carries, <laughs> right? Yeah. So essentially, what you need is if the Huskies played thirteen games and they handed or and Kamari Pleasant who will probably kind of be the back end of this committee. Touched the ball seven times a game, he would come to nine touches short, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is also, that each more than seven and a half touches per game. Yeah, no, I think in the sense where it's like, okay, three running backs have 300 touches, not hot at all. Yeah. But how they get those 300 touches equally, yes. then it becomes hot. Yeah. Luke, that's yeah. hot, man, because I don't, I don't, I'm not a Kamari Pleasant truther. I don't, I don't buy that guy for a second. I'm so. starting to become more and more of a Kamari Pleasant truther. Um, <laughs> he, he will be a very feaster. He'll be the feaster famine component. Of this uh, committee, I think. Okay, now, but now to make sure that there's no loose ends to this take, are you saying that it will be three running backs? It could be, en- it could be any three. Or are you saying it is? I'm saying it's Ahmed, those three. McGrew, I don't think it's Richard Newton. Pleasant. All, all, to make it more specific and firmly lock it into the hot range, it's those three. It's Savon. Okay. So you're Marnie, telling us right now that with all the amazing receivers Sean. plus Hunter Bryant and K. and stepping up and like, yeah, like I said, like. Chico wanted to be, have a big year and Ahmed wanted to have a yeah. big year. Kamari Pleasant's going to find a way to touch the ball 100 plus times this year. Yes. With all of those guys needing to be yes. fed. Oh my goodness. See, what? I, but I think, I think take three kind of collides with take one in a sense. Where yes. that, like, if we're getting that much running back production, odds are good that the and, offense the honorable hasn't mention changed. take. The honorable mention take. Oh, that was the honorable mention take. Yes, yes correct. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, they collide with your honorable mention take, which is probably good to have that in the honorable mention side. So you you don't have conflicting takes. But no. if take three were to come to fruition, odds are good that honorable mention take wouldn't because yeah. that commitment to the running back position is still there. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but, you know, thankfully you're not on the hook for your honorable mention take. That is Although true. It probably, it probably will get brought up in 2020 just because. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. no, on the other hand, though, I mean, if they're just, like, if they're just ripping off, like, quick, efficient touchdown drives and running a lot of plays, there will be more touches to go around. That's true. Boy, That's true. So if you predict, next you got to predict UW's going to make the national uh, playoffs. Then <laughs> Yeah, they're going to win every game by sense. five touchdowns. That's my favorite <laughs> take. <laughs> okay, Micah, now now we're on to you for your third take. All right, so everybody loves state title predictions. And I think one of the downfalls of expanding high school football coverage is it is a little bit deflating when you can pretty much accurately predict uh, who's going to win all six state championships this is true. fall camp even even opens up. This is so true. So uh, the problem is that the kids, man, like they want to believe. But the problem is that I have to tell them who's going to win state this year, all six games. So let's start at the 1B level with the Odessa Tigers, the most dominant high school football team in the state this year. Uh, last year they went 14-0. 
and uh, beat, they kind of crushed Almira Cooley Hardline in the title game, which for A-Man football, Almira Cooley Hardline, it's not just a farm town, they're pretty good at football as well. And off that team from Odessa last year, uh, 14 of 16 starters returned, so I'm predicting they win state, and they'll also win the title game by 40 points. Uh, going to 2B right now, Tri-Cities Prep. Uh, 2B is wide open, but I think that the Tri-Cities Prep starting quarterback, Dante Mori, he's going to his third year starting, and he's only a junior. And anytime you have a quarterback that can be All-State, you're going to have a really good team. Tri-Cities Prep is legit. They are the IMG Academy of the East Side, and I think they're going to be very good this year. I, I, they're my favorite to win state. At the 1A level, you got Royal City. I got a chance to see this team a couple times this summer. And they are the most organized, well-oiled machine of any 1A school that I know of. So yeah, I'm going to go Royal City over Cascade Christian in the state championship at the 1A level. Uh, 2A, give me Hawkinson. As long as Levi Crime, uh, Levi, uh, Levi Crum, senior quarterback, as long as he stays healthy, they will win state. But my goodness, we are all going to miss Sawyer Racanelli. I mean, that guy has a huge state following, obviously a bunch of new fans because he committed to UW. But you got to understand that they also have an, another number one receiver in Peyton Brammer, who's receiving many D1 offers right now. So, as, like I said, as long as Levi Crum stays healthy, they will win a state championship. Then we got at the 3A level, Eastside Catholic. Uh, honestly, Eastside Catholic would beat a lot of local college teams. I mean, if you put Eastside Catholic up against Linfield or PLU or Whitworth, False. maybe even that Central. Would not yeah, oh, oh, now, now, now we're about to start on this. Uh, but okay, but they should they like what I think they should do when they win the state title this year is they should not celebrate. Uh, they should uh, just go through the high five line, like just to be funny, you know, because like, they're, they're, they're they're such heavy favorites to win a state well, title. A pig pile would look kind of like a little silly as well. I couldn't so. disagree more, but continue. Uh, with my prediction, or that they should not celebrate? With your, with your that they should not celebrate. You it's just a want a state like championship. Why yeah, would I know, you? Be- I know, but yeah. it's just like they were. They're such heavy favorites that it's just okay. like that. It's, it's, okay, it's it's hey, it's still something to be proud of, right? Yeah. Uh, 4A, uh, Camus. They've been a popular team all offseason, and for good reason. You know, you got three Division One linemen on their O line, including Caven Steven, um, who I think WSU is pursuing right now, uh, the tackle at either the tackle or guard spot, but. Uh, and also, like they got this quarterback named Jake Blair, who's he's only going through his junior year, but he's also going to get a ton of D one looks uh, down the line. Um, they got both of their leading running backs coming back. It's hard not to see Camus winning a state title this year. So please hold me to these predictions. I'm very confident that these will be the six teams hoisting the title come December. See, I feel like Micah, you're doing yourself no favors here by making one take, six individual takes, because now you have to get. All six takes right. Oh, that's fine. Just to get one take. I, I feel as good about this happening as not not as good as Christian Moore uh, being the starting <laughs> quarterback. Because I'm really feeling good about that. But um, I, I I think I think I, I I'm I, I want to do that. I, I think yeah. it's I think it's the right thing to do. Especially because like why but leave I, anybody out? You know? I will say I do think it is clever how you took essentially six takes that on their own are not hot. Really, because like you said, it's really no, not Odessa that hard. State is not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's it's really not that hard to predict the state champions because of of how loaded teams are. And like you said, I mean, didn't didn't uh, didn't Ryland guess them all right last year? Uh, he got he f- um he got top one or two in his rankings all one state. So he had some number two teams that one state. But oh okay, out of sixty five teams, you know, like the thing is like with uh, predicting state champions. Um, the odds say, like, for me to get all the six of these right, it's literally like one in like twelve million. You know, yeah. you just, if all teams had an equal chance, it's like the it's like predicting the March Madness tournament. You know, if, if <laughs> and we had no knowledge on teams and it was just a coin toss for each game, 
then you'd have like a one in trillion chance. Yeah. Same well, thing here. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and in terms of just like betting 101, if you're given either one team or the field, you always take the field. There's never an instance where you where you take the one team when in in terms of betting. So similarly in hot takes, you want to take the field, but you're you know not going with the field here, and you're gonna you're gonna take all six of those teams. I respect that. Bull. Okay, now we're we're on to me, correct? Yes, yes, we're on to my third hot take. Okay, this is th- this might surprise you guys because it may be a name that you guys don't even know, but that's why it makes it so hot. And my third take is that JUCO transfer cornerback Derek Langford will lead the Cougars in pass breakups this year. Over Marcus Strong, huh? Over Marcus Strong. Um, Over Bryce now, speaking. pass breakups. We're talking about pass breakups, not interceptions. PBUs. PBUs. And the reason I like this take is WSU added a ton of length to their defense this year, and that kind yeah. of starts with bringing in cornerback Derek Langford. This spring, he has kind of really made a case for starting next next to Marcus Strong or opposite of Marcus Strong, um, then that might not happen. I, I don't necessarily think that Derek Langford will start. He might be, uh, you know, the 2A to, uh, uh, or 2B to George Hicks. But with the length that Derek Langford has and what I've seen through him through fall and spring camp, this guy just has the ability to get his hand on balls and... I mean, it makes perfect sense to me that he is up there with the Cougars in pass breakups, and I'll just make it the hot take that he's going to lead it, lead them in uh, in pass breakups. Boom. Juco's yeah. Juco product, baby. Juco product. <laughs> I I believe I could be wrong on this, but I believe San Francisco City College, or that might be Beak. No, no, no. I believe Derek Langford is San Francisco City College. So and like it is, ten other Cougs. Like. It will be a city situation here. Yeah. In Pullman. <laughs> so, yeah, no, he'll join uh, Aesop Winston and Rob Valencia as the uh, the uh, San Francisco City College contributors on the Cougars roster. So now we are entering yeah. takes four and five. Which Motion really takes, quick to call Derek Langford, Derek Langford. I know we're gonna we're gonna take that we're cutting that out and then I'm gonna write that sometime throughout the year and then everyone's <laughs> gonna give me the credit for making that nick- yeah. nickname um so <laughs> no listeners will, no listeners will ever, ever hear that uh okay but now we're getting to takes four and five and these are the boiling takes uh, like, uh, yeah. I, I, I hope so I hope that these are your guys' boiling takes because we're really starting to turn up the heat here so, Luke, I will let you start here yes. with your fourth. All right. This is, I think, in the boiling territory. But uh, this person will help because they'll do some, like, the fact that they'll do some special teams work, some but not all, I think will help them in this regard. But I'm just going to go out and say that Chico McClatcher is going to lead the team in all-purpose Ooh. yards. Oh! Oh, wow. But he's going to be the kick return and punt return as well. Uh, I think he'll kick return in a little bit. Uh, or punt return a little bit too, yeah. So maybe both, but I don't think he'll exclu- do it exclusively. So he's he's basically going to be Tyree Kill, like that's literally what Tyree Kill is. Yes, or I mean, he won't play like he won't line up the same ways that John Ross did, but the John Ross kind of scene, oh. or final year on campus idea, I think, is starting to apply to Chico. Uh, to borrow an analogy from Chris Fetters, 
uh, he said because obviously John Ross early in his career did had some production and then his senior year broke out. So he said John Ross didn't really go from zero to sixty, but he went from twenty five to one hundred during <laughs> the fall before his final uh, season as a Husky. That is, that is a great way to characterize right? that. Right, and it, yeah. he said it feels like Chico's having a similar sort of. Uh, just not necessarily breakout performance because we've all seen Chico and what he can do, but like that he's really pedaled to the metal finally here in his final year on campus. Yeah. Okay. I like that take. I like. I mean. Yeah. I don't I think it's do. gonna. Ha- I don't think it's gonna happen. But I. I. I, I want to get hot. The take and I like you in the effort to get hot and I. I am personally on board with the the Chico revival bandwagon. Like, I would love to see that happen. Oh yeah, and him have a renaissance season. For sure. And I think a lot of I think a lot of <laughs> yeah, people, I'd like yeah. to be the so person that I'm, isn't on that bandwagon. By Probably the, like, yeah. the most yeah. offensive yeah. takes that I'm doing, I'm kind of doing the shotgun approach. Like, I don't think no, there's almost an, no possible situation in which all of these come true unless the Huskies are scoring seventy a game. Uh, mm-hmm. But <laughs> I think that at least one or two is maybe likely to come true if I keep throwing out ridiculous offense hot takes. This is true. All purpose yards, man, that can definitely work in your favor, especially yes. because of the punt return. Because yeah, yes. if, he, if he gets if he gets really heavily involved in the return game, but you can't, I mean, like, okay, Tigo McClatcher will get some carries, but it's hard to imagine he's going to get a ton of carries, and yeah. Savan Ahmed is, you know, he's, def- he's going to contest him heavily for that, so... He will have to have a pretty significant role in the offense and in the return game yes, for that to come to fruition. So that is certainly a level four hot take. Yeah, Micah, what is your level four hot take? <laughs> yeah, you guys can't get mad at me, right? Oh, he's I'm, laughing may, already. He's I laughing put, already. Uh, I may have put my my uh, fourth hot take is you know kind of like a warm up uh, for the for the scorching one. You know, it's kind of like an appetizer. Wouldn't that still be pretty hot? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 really not that much different from my other ones. But I want to oh, say that okay. Well, the, all right. uh, okay, so we're trying to figure out where the state title location is going to be. And I truly believe that it's going to be in three different spots, and two of them will be on the west side. One of them will be on the east side. It's going to be at Tomlinson Stadium in Ellensburg. Because they have been uh, working really hard, you know, at Central Washington Athletic Department to bring a state title game to Tomlinson Stadium. Uh, they will bring in some bleachers to kind of balance out each section. But that they're going to host uh, one, uh, like two state playoff games, and then either Pop Keeney or Seattle Memorial Stadium will also host two playoff games. And uh, so if you if you if the goal of yours was to you, watch all six games, you, it's not going to happen because you have to at least guess which classification the games will be played at. You cannot throw out such a mild take like that for level four and not at least guess the classifications of where these. Yeah, man. So at the Thompson Stadium location, uh, I'm going to go one A two A, and then the West Side game will feature the one B two game and. Um, the Seattle Memorial Stadium will host the 3A 4A games. So, oh, I well, I feel bad for the 3A 4A teams that have to play at Seattle Memorial <laughs> Stadium because that place freaking sucks. At least they have a roof. Okay, I think that you know, I think you're just cracking a uh, level four hot takeness right there. But oh, that's being generous. But, but well, yeah, <laughs> I'll make up for it with the, with the score. Okay, I, I certainly exciting. hope so. Yeah. I think my level four hot take really come really hits the bar as a level four hot take. And 